Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of Mid Mitten Gaming. I am Juice and I am joined today by my co-host. I don't get an introduction, but your fruit, fruit blood. I see how it dead. is. No, I see. Dead. I see how it is. I was expecting like some pithy introduction, and no, I just got my co-host crickets. Yeah, dead it's air. Like, it's kind of like the tournament clap that happened. Oh my gosh! Stop. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right, and uh, we are joined today by a very special guest, Brandon. Brandon, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey guys, uh, see, I got very special, Jeff. Yeah, so you got like acknowledged. <laughs> Ooh. Dang. Um, All right, guys, well, this is gonna be a counseling session. We're gonna be, um, uh, Je or Brandon's gonna be the uh, inter couple, inter the couple <laughs> counselor. <laughs> yeah, the medium part. Anyway, um, so today we're gonna be doing uh, some continued content coming back from Adepticon, talking over some different questions with Brandon, his experiences. Uh, we're really excited about we we had a great time doing Jager's uh, interview just uh, earlier this week, and we hope you like that a lot. Uh, we'd love to see some comments on there and stuff. But uh, w without further ado, um, well, I guess we'll go ahead and get started. Brandon, uh, tell us how you got into wargaming, mini wargaming. So I started off probably the same way a lot of people started off with uh, Warhammer 40k. I uh, grew up on the other side of Michigan, little Rochester Hills area, about uh, three quarters of a mile from a Games Workshop store. Dude, so I played little... at that Games Workshop store. We came in stomp face with our uh, Apocalypse stuff one day. Ooh, I think I might have been there that day. It was Tyranids versus like everybody, and then we threw yeah, down a Bane was... Blade. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I was not in that game, but I think I remember. I, it was, would have been little eight-year-old me running in there, picking up models, trying to lie to the parents, like, oh, no, this is this is part of the army that I have already. And we, they, my mom knew nothing about what I was doing. Just huh. said, oh, yeah, okay, we'll get, we'll get them this, and we'll put it together. And I was painting them with old car paint, like bottle car paint. You know, but testers. that's how I started. Like testers yeah. paint? Dude, me yeah. too. My first hive tyrant was all testers paint. It was awesome. But uh, it helped out. My first army was Necrons when they very first came out with the metal models. Uh, so you really didn't have to paint them much. You could just wash them, and then they look like robots. Yeah, I do the burnished, uh, burnished metal look. Very nice. So you got in with uh, Warhammer at the local Rochester Hills Games Workshop store. R.I.P. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I imagine your story is pretty similar to most of most people's with a 40 K love. And so, uh, we're not going to talk about how you got into free blades. That's not one of our questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although I really actually, I know, I know the story and I kind of want to ask it, but we're not going to, maybe if we have time at the end, we'll see. Uh, so, uh, this was your first, uh, was this your first Adepticon? Uh, no, this is my seventh Adepticon. See, oh, okay. I told you. I told you. For some anyway. reason, I thought you said it was your first, but I probably was on. I was like, ah, I think he's been here deprivation. Before. All right, so, uh, but this was your first Freeblades tournament, right? Yeah, it was. It was my fourth Freeblades game ever. 
in my first <laughs> tournament. Are you counting uh, suiciding against the dragon as uh, one of your one of your uh, games? So okay, so fourth free blades game that lasted longer than fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> That's that. so funny. Anyway, uh, so what what was your favorite part about the tournament then? Uh, you know, you're kind of coming in as a new player. What was your favorite part about it? I think the favorite part about it is that you could play in the tournament and when you're done with the game every single person is like happy and like wants to hang out with you and it's not like other games where you get done and then everybody's in their own little world or they're so like like angry about how the game went that they just played in or they're like those little isolationist islands that they form where there's like two or three people all talking to each other and you walk by and they all like huddle a little closer to each other so that you don't steal their game secrets. But like everybody in free blades was just like so welcoming. Gotcha. That's awesome, man. Uh, what was your, so like, what was your first, your first game? Like first tournament um, game free blades. This so is, I'm off script at this point. My first tournament game uh, was Trazerites versus Eclipse. Oh, nice. Uh, the Throwdown Rumble game. Uh, I brought a very mobility heavy list, like very fast. And it was against a, like a kind of rogue, um, heavy follower, lots of shooting list. And there was, it was this beautiful board that uh, was this like desert, like terrain kind of bizarre city and with a lot of line of sight blocking. Playing my and, streets um, right now. No, just kidding. <laughs> but it allowed me to like, and it was five objectives on the table. You got certain points that progressed based on how far away the objective was from your deployment zone. And with my speed and the ability to fly, I was on all five objectives starting when they scored. Well, I was on three of the five turn one, and then all five of them turn two. Jeez. So I was scoring all the objectives starting turn two. I w it was up 7-0 turn two, and he had some bad rolls for shooting. I had an amazing opponent, but he had some bad rolls for shooting, and he had a bunch of ambushers, whereas his like, melee core. And by the time the ambushers came in, I had won the game by objective. Dang. Savage. Yeah, you gotta keep your eye on the objective. That's a uh, important little tidbit. It's, it's hard to for, it's hard to remember that sometimes. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go attack that, and I'm like, wait, I'm playing a game to win. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, I uh, PTSD. Anyway, um, so, uh, so you that that's kind of about the tournament. We're gonna talk a little. We'll kind of talk around that a little bit more, but uh. One of the things that was I thought was really cool was you participated in two of the terrain or two like terrain competitions, the both the crafting master crafter. Yeah, master crafters for terrain though, uh, a display board and a full like table to play on. So what what was it uh or how did you, how did you go about preparing for the terrain competition? And you well, can make everybody feel bad for how you've prepared for the table side of it. <laughs> Yeah, the the table side was kind of a, a fluke. We can get into that for in a little bit, but I I competed competitively in like a hardcore forty. I say hardcore, but it, we had a eight man team for forty k for the last seven years, 
and I was part of the four man and my job specifically was to build large scale 40k display boards so over the last seven years I've been making those and kind of honing my craft and you could go online and see some of my if you google team bad decisions uh displays you could see some of the nurgle and slanesh and some of the demon displays we've done and they've been published and articles have been written about them so um enough tooting my own horn building display boards for uh free blades was already something that was kind of in my comfort zone um so i was i i have a lot of those skills already uh so it was just natural for me to compete in that uh going into the terrain table which is i have a few terrain tables at the house i just i decided the day of and i texted jeff like hey i I think i'm just gonna pack one of my tables up and bring it and just see how it goes um and i did and i won so there's a little bit of the feel badsies but also a little bit of like i mean you threw it together aesthetically so there's some you know something there (laughs) he's so salty (laughs) I don't call me juice. Mm, can you taste call me the salt? Bloody Mary. Mm. No, just <laughs> but uh, I already got my plan for next year, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start working on it, and hopefully I'm gonna try and be way more transparent about uh, how I'm doing my table and what I'm doing, and I'm gonna start working with people to show it off. That way, people can see it and take tips and. Not compete at not, not to be like elitist, like compete at my level, but then like they could see how to do things, and we could have more tables with like LEDs. And a lot of people ask me about um, the way that I got rock to look like rock, and it's really a simple trick with like foam cutting and spray paint. But if I could teach people with like a rising tide raises all ships, you could get a lot of really cool tables. Hopefully next year. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That'd That's be epic. Easy. Is your so is your display board the one with the skull like in the rock face? The uh, for, for the, the Nurgle for one that you talked about. Sorry, I started googling as soon as you said that. Yeah, so it was that year. It was a a full morgue that you opened the morgue and slid a body bag out of, and we had surgical lights that came down, and then you opened the body bag and it looked like a skull in a body in a rock face. It was a Fabius Bile board where he was stealing Primaris Marines to get the gene seed to make Chaos Primaris. Okay. That was a bunch of... Oh, our main thing really wasn't the display board building. We had an extremely good converter and painter on the team. His name was Marcus, um, and he was phenomenal. If, If anything, the team was successful because of him. Very nice. That's awesome. Actually, you know, this is a little side too, but um, we'd love for you to share those in the the Discord for the Midmitten Gaming. I'd like to see some of those pictures if you got some laying around sometime. So, oh yeah, yeah. Put them right in the as channel as inspiration. That'd be sweet. Even the Terrain Builders uh, Unite channel in the Phelan Discord would be pretty cool too. I feel like that could give some people some some sweet ideas. So, yeah. and I uh, that uh, <clears throat> what you're talking about is really cool because. Uh, with Freeblades, I think it's such a good mix of veteran war gamers and new war gamers and people that just play for the fun of it, you know, coming from RPGs and those kind of things that 
there's a lot of people that could use that wisdom in making their dreams come to reality for the lore and for the the um, idea they're trying to create. So that's really cool, and I look forward to that for sure. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, but um, it really is. It's just like painting models, where it's it's a certain level. It's not about necessarily getting more skillful. It's about doing it easier, like finding easy ways to get from point A to point B. Not not like better ways. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, like the rock trick you're talking about. Yeah. Well that's awesome. Um so with that we uh how did um, how did you oh, go ahead. Oh uh, no, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the pictures now I found them. <laughs> that's awesome. Alright. Uh you guys can see these in the mid mint gaming thing when Brandon posts them, they're pretty cool. Alright, cool. Carry on. Next question. So we, we've kind of danced around the questions here, but I'll go ahead and how did you feel, you kind of touched on this, about the Freeblades community in general? What were uh, your favorite parts going into it, kind of experiencing that new community, you know, first time going in? Um, well, at, at the very beginning, I was a little tentative, to say the least, at least uh, when Jeff was bringing me on. Um, at first, at the Michigan GT, because everybody tends to, whenever you start a game, talk up about the community. The community is awesome, but there's always this kind of like underlying, but of course, it? you're going to say, yeah, you're going to say it's awesome because you need people to play the game. But I think DGS delivered. Um, they say their community is the best community, and I don't think I've ever felt more welcome by a group of players than and the DGS Freeblades community, especially people that are competing against me. Like, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. There was a few moments in the in the games that I played, like people were playing with intent, which in the 40K community doesn't happen a lot, especially at tournaments, to have someone say like, I, this is what I'm intending to do. Are you okay with it? Or like, hey, I see you're doing this, but it may be better and more competitive if you did something else and did this. I'm only telling you because I think you're new and like take it or leave it. Like people legitimately were there to have fun and it wasn't a friendly tournament. It was a competitive tournament and that was refreshing and awesome to be a part of. Yeah, one of my favorite things John says that every tournament is um <clears throat> at least that they host anyway it's just uh we don't give out a reward for the most courteous player uh no or like, sportsmanship award yeah there's no sportsmanship award because we just expect everyone to be have great sportsmanship and i i like that you know I, we all go in i go in i'm super competitive so sometimes i'm just kind of sitting there quiet like why do my dice hate me and then, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's because of that attitude right there. Oh, my gosh. No, it's because Jeff rigs them. Anyway. Yeah, um, that, too. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's still a great community. And there's a usually, if I have a, a bad game or everything goes bad, the next game will usually cheer me up, lift my spirits, because I, I get an opponent from that community that's like, hey, you know, and they're having a good time. We're having a good time and just talking, messing around and, I'm excited to get a 48 and crit me off the board, and I'm excited that that uh, they. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited that I get to do something, and it goes back and forth, and there's just some good times, you know. So. Yeah, of course. I think my favorite game was the last game. I would. I was already out of it. My opponent. 
uh, was also out of any kind of competitive um, like reward system. Neither one of us were going to win anything. So we just had, we created this storyline of what was going on and we played through it and it was hilarious. Uh, I had a legionnaire named Steve who <laughs> earlier in uh, Depticon fell off a wall and broke his neck. Poor um, Steve. So he, he uh, was a little mentally challenged throughout the entire tournament and it culminated in him climbing a ziggurat and then getting punted off by uh, the leader of the demon faction. As Alucard. Oh my goodness. Spooky. That ziggurat was crazy. I was like, I don't want to play on the board. I'm too slow. Oh, man, it was so much fun. I loved it. But then again, I... That's awesome. Well, hopefully Steve can level up in a campaign and get Rise of the Hero one of these days. Yep. I think I think Steve's gonna retire and go work at uh, Ye Old and Taco Bell. And <laughs> possibly not not be in a free band anymore. Sell Bellazor tacos. Bezerin <laughs> tacos. Get your Bezerin tacos. I can see that in the Trezorite Empire. We have created what we call a food chain. The the Eclipse are against it. They hate your enjoyment. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. Their their flavors are based off the sun. It's like <laughs> fiery hot, Runa's hot. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Uh that's all right. Cool. Um, so one of the uh, one of the other questions that we wanted to ask you here is, uh, and I I got a couple more coming out of my pocket, but um, so now that you know more about like the lore. Uh, of the game, and I'm assuming you're still diving into that, but uh, what exciting things do you want to work towards for future tournaments and crafting events? Well, uh, I like working kind of on the fringes of the lore. I feel like if I try and attack something that's too established in people's minds, um, it adds risk to me not being able to provide something that matches up with what people's expectations are. So like, for example, my board for next year's Adepticon and I'm like, I'm super open about it and I'll give pictures and stuff. Um, but I want to do uh Khazarik. Uh, there's a city that the core stone failed when it was built in the side of a, inside of a volcano and their forges in the bottom of the caldera of the volcano and it's live, but their core stone was attacked by demons. So the city fled and it's now abandoned. So my whole board is going to be a, a giant volcano with the metal bridges and platforms and stuff with a broken core stone like flickering and cracked in the center of it. It's going to be epic. Um, I see you've been talking to somebody. <laughs> yeah, so... But, uh, master. It's, it's uh, far enough on the fringe that I don't think that anybody has like ideas of what it should look like, which means... When I whatever I produce, it'll be that, cool to people. Well, and that whatever you produce is what it looks like. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really I, epic. I think that's a pitfall. Some people that do displays. There's two things that I think are pit. Well, actually, three. Now that I'm thinking of, but three things that when people build displays, I think are pitfalls. One is tackling something that everyone already knows or has their own opinion of what it should look like, which like why I would never convert a space Marine 
because everyone knows what it should look like. Even if you do it well, it doesn't match up with what that person's headcanon is. So they're they're not going to like it. Mm. And then uh, it's just going to look weird. Two is uh, the uncanny valley effect where you you try and change something a little bit, but it's not enough that um, you're fantastical, but it, it's enough that it gets away from the realistic. So when people walk by or they just look at it, um, they're already innately on the inside feeling like something is wrong, which I think is why my little display board, one of the reasons why I don't think I won on that argument. Because it was, um, you had like too much going on. Yeah, I feel like it's it's too busy and there's some very small details I wanted to draw your eye to. But I created some other details kind of last minute that were um, not quite as polished. And because they were flashy, it drew the attention there. Like, uh, I'm not sure you noticed because nobody really noticed. Did you see I actually put Kyrgyzar footprints in the mud walking around the my display board? Nope. No, that's awesome. I my eye got instantly drawn to the big, the top of it. That's the what portal. I was looking at. Yeah. And... The portal could have, I mean, that's the last thing I did, and it, it's good, but it's not great, and it could be done better. But there's a lot of very small details that are, that were overlooked, whereas the board that did win, which is an amazing board, right? his biggest and flashiest detail was his best detail, which drew everyone to it, and that's everything anyone could talk about when they look at that, that board, and I think that was a a great idea and that helped him when that waterfall being pulled into the caster's hand even i see it and it's a beautiful detail but it was it's masterfully placed on the board and it's it's very well like described from an ergonomics of the board perspective that that is the only thing that's really super flashy on the board and it's still so well done but that's the only thing that needs to be flashy yeah, that's really good insight. Another reason I didn't see those details is I didn't really hover around that area too much, too. That was kind of just because it was on the back table. But that that's really cool, though. I um, The more I looked at your models and stuff, the whole story came together, and I felt like it was it was really enjoyable. Oh, thank you. Especially yeah, the, sure. the story you were telling with your models, with the display board. That was great. I liked that a lot with the motions and the the Daclos capturing someone in live action. That was really cool. Yeah, I just, uh, I hoped that model would stay together a little more than it did. That poor model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Uh, I was watching it fall apart. <laughs> yeah, throughout the tournament, you could progressively it see it fall. That's <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, Jeff, uh, what other questions you got for Brandon? Then continuing on. Uh, I ran out of questions. He said you had a whole pocket. Well, all right. So all right. my, uh, you kind of answered it just a minute ago, but I'd love. Uh, so you won the display board, and like you said, as uh, if one rises, everybody else rises. So what are some like key? Or what would you distill down like Brandon's top three tips for creating a display board or a table? Oh. You know, top three tips for creating terrain, something like that. This one's also off script, so you might have to think about it. So 
uh, number one would be make sure it's playable. And by playable, <laughs> you probably would want it to have an odd number of pathways that don't necessarily need to be even, but they need to be symmetrical. Because you're going to have gamers playing on the table that have a very gamer mindset. And if you frustrate them because the game table isn't at least perceived symmetrical, uh, then it's going to immediately be or seem unfair and thus will get communicated to the judges as this table isn't fun to play on. It's not fair. That's that's very good. Sorry to cut in there, but I, I had that experience on a board. I completely failed to charge because the table wasn't symmetrical. The terrain was. It may have well, been moved. I don't know. Your, yours was uh, one of the the gap between pillars was on a temple was one size on one end and the and smaller on the other end. Yeah. So the get the the pillars weren't uh, equidistant from each other in the same temple. Right. And that may not, it probably wasn't intentional by board design, but I was like, ah, oh, man, I didn't even think to check that as a player going in for the charge, you know, because I fit through the first layer, so I didn't fit through that. So that's great. Well, yeah, keep going. Thank you. Oh, oh that's that's perfect example because that's the kind of feel bads you're trying to avoid. So like, you're talking, you, you, you're a fan of symmetrical tables? Uh, perceived symmetry. Like, I'm, I will I will show some of my uh, I did some CAD drawings and sketches of the table I'm going to work up, and it's not actually symmetrical. Like it's a circle, and it has many paths to go through it. Um, but the break in the symmetries along the center line, which even though like it's it's going to perceive like the walking paths were symmetrical at one point, but they're falling into the lava, and some of them are broken, and some of them aren't, and um, I think if you could trick the person into thinking that it's a fair table, I mean, it, it should be a fair table, really. You shouldn't be trying to trick your opponents, but you could you could bend some of these rules a little bit as long as you're smart in how you massage it. Gotcha. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm, personally, I'm not a huge fan of symmetrical tables. I want even tables. So if you get a big thing, I get a big thing. But they don't have to be symmetrical. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I didn't mean symmetrical in that I, in that the terrain is identical. I meant more of a symmetry of opportunity. Okay. That if, if I'm on one side of the table, I don't feel like I'm at a distinct advantage comparatively to the other side of the table from a gaming perspective. Yeah. Because I think uh, my, my opinion is like the role for deployment should actually matter. But if your tables are the same you know if you're running symmetrical table perfectly symmetrical tables the role for deployment doesn't actually matter well it does yeah. for weather now though well so. for weather it does but aside from that it doesn't actually but no matter. i get i th i think i i know what brandon's saying though just like yep yeah you might have a slight advantage like topic you know like uh there's less rocky terrain on this side or something but not like where it's like hey i won the game i won deployment Yes. You know, or, or like yeah. because, or like it screws a certain scenario over completely because of this one feature. You know, so that's awesome. I'm... Very cool. All right, so uh, perceived symmetry. Yeah. So the second one would be uh, I've learned over a while, and it takes time to perfect this. I'm not even that good at it yet, but it's uh, escalating details. 
So you want details in your board that are picked, like someone would think would look cool from 20 feet away, standing at the table, and then looking directly at the object close up. So Juice, I think something great that you did on your board is that you did those little uh, wanted posters. And your table was, you could look at it from far away and be like, that table looks cool. I want to go to it, which is a achievement of macro detail design. And then the buildings themselves look cool from standing at the table playing at it, which makes you want to look closer. And then you reward the person looking closer with, oh, that actually says something on that wanted poster. I'm going to read that. And you have walked, like, sometimes I feel like a psychologist in how I build boards, but you've walked the player from wanting to approach your table, getting rewarded then, looking at your table closely, getting rewarded then, and then looking even closer at an object and getting rewarded for doing so. And they walk away thinking, like, this guy's a, a genius. Like, even though you just took a couple extra seconds to do some tiny details around that, like, help with people getting in there. So with yeah. with your you. with your display board, um, it looks cool from far away. It's got, like, the glowy portal and everything like that. And you walk up and you kind of see, like, oh, there's actually individual ferns and that's kind of cool. And the step pyramid has some cool etchings in it. And then you look a little closer and you see the Trazerite footprints and things like that. Kurgazoria. Kurgazor yeah. footprints. Something along yeah. those lines. Awesome. Did you see the memes on the board, Brandon? I I did see the memes. Uh I <laughs> they were above my head because I hadn't had long enough to be in the community yet. Until they were explained yeah. to me in picture form later. There oh, did go. he wow. show yep. you the heavy breathing witch cat? I mean, I, I saw it. I just didn't understand at the time that Jesus I saw it. Favorite. It's Juice's favorite. Well, gift. the heavy breathing cat gif is just a gift from God, so that's why it's in there <laughs> anyway. But the heavy breathing witch cat is Phelan's, Phelan's contribution to that. You know, Jeez. If I had the extra time and elite status, I could have made a heavy breathing witch cat as my patron, but oh well. Okay, so we got perceived symmetry. Um, and then what, what was the second one? Scaling. I can't remember. Uh, like escalating detail scale. Escalating details. Escalating I'm details. Make, I'm making these terms up as we go. So and and we to... are coining them. All right. So <laughs> perceive, perceive symmetry, uh, scaling detail. And okay. so the third one, cause you've, you're, so you're dealing with the, the gamers. You want the gamers to like you. You want the, the artists to like you. And then the third one is you want the lore master like you. So you you want your your board to tell a story that makes sense in the world, which also can we touched on it a little bit of why I like operating at the fringe, because if I'm operating at the fringe, I'm not stepping on anybody's toes and I get more kind of creative liberty. Um, yeah, you're not trying to recreate uh, Polenor Fields and Alskiliath. Because yeah. that's kind of established, people have a look to it, like they know what it looks like. You're you're creating the village outside of Osgiliath that nobody knows what what it is. Exactly, exactly. And then people will be. You need it to look enough like it that they recognize that you're, what you're trying. And then immediately when they recognize what you're trying, that 
since it's the first time that they've seen something like that, that'll cement in them, oh, this is what this place looks like. And you've, if you're the first one, you've just achieved their look. Like, and you are established in their heads. Dang. Um, That's awesome. I, I love how you did these three things in Please the Gamer, Please the Artist, and Please the Lore Master. It's easier for Jeff to remember, poor guy. Since <laughs> You're like escalating, and then he's like improving, and then he's like, no. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but That's no, awesome. that makes for, a ton of sense. And it's easier for no remember. reason at all, my free band will be a Kuzark free band with, uh, you know, Lava for next Adepticon. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I'm like, no, no, I, don't, no. I don't plan on playing on this board at all. No. I, I would love to compete with you on two side-by-side -side things that, like, I, 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 no issue at all. I mean... <laughs> no, I just meant my actual free band for painting them up so they'd look cool while playing on your board. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... Yeah, that's what I, I was getting at. I'm, I wouldn't do that side-by-side. -side. I'll be like, hmm... I'll have my kids will destroy it first. I'll be like, "This is kid friendly." Is that is that a category? <laughs> is is indestructible a category? I mean, it should be. You got to transport it. It's tested a tested by <laughs> tested by saliva and baby gums. <laughs> yeah, my my. Uh... I don't know what it was. My youngest got a hold of something tonight. It was like a box for a model box or something. She starts trying to eat it, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Mm, nom nom nom. But yeah, that is that is an awesome insight, Brandon. I uh, I'll definitely have to use it as I hopefully get to do a board next year. We'll see. I uh, I have a space issue right now where I'm like, ah, my space is less than my creativity level. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. But um, I'm really excited to see what some what you've got in the future, and then a lot of the future Phelan people have. I hope those that are listening, and we may keep going here, but hope those are listening get some inspiration from this and really dive in because uh, to me that's one of the greatest things about Free Blades is that when I look around the convention hall the boards that I usually see are, are very unique and they tell a story and that's, that's really important. So for sure. Well, yeah. cool. Uh, we might, uh, we might invite you back in a couple of months to see how your board is going and, uh, yeah, stuff no, like look forward that. to it. So, um, yeah, it'd be, it's, it's cool. You know, it's always cool to have you on. So, are you uh you still planning to run Trazerites in the next uh bigger tournament thing? Like next um, year at Defticon? Are you thinking about switching factions? So uh, maybe it's just the the way that I've been ingrained, but I've already bought my next faction. I know Beautiful. how I want to convert them and I'm going to try and Beautiful. Uh, do that. Great. Converting them with lava bases, no doubt. Uh, no, it's actually going to be very, very different. My display board is going to be very different from my my four by four. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. Cool. I look forward to uh, to seeing what you're going to bring and and the conversions. Your your art your uh, army was also gorgeous. So thank you. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Yeah, if you're uh, if it's the idea you were talking about, I'm pretty excited about that. So we look forward to seeing that in action. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, Brandon, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. These insights are super helpful. 
if uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and if if you're out there and you're listening, and uh, you are kind of interested in this, um, you can always uh, uh, tag him in the modeling section of Phalon, and I'm sure Brandon would get back to you. Um, or just post your own stuff and you know ask for feedback and you know anybody on there is super friendly and would love to give you some feedback. Um, yeah, we like our, to og- ogle all the cool stuff too. Yeah, one of our players just built a cool like bridge canal map and he was asking some questions. We gave him some feedback and he took it and applied it to his board and it's pretty cool. Yeah, our buddy Eric too. He just created a really awesome building in there. So there's a lot of fun oh stuff. Gosh, Go check right? it out. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so post your stuff and and everything like that in there. Well, fruit blood. You are, that's my you are... that's my street name. Well, thank you guys so much for joining in, and uh, we appreciate so much. Again, you know, comment. You know, just tell us what you like about the podcast. If you have any questions, ideas in there, we'd love to talk about. Lord, uh, hop in the Phalon or the Midmitten Discord, and um, just keep this community going great like it's been because it's an awesome community like brandon touched on earlier so thanks again have a happy night day evening wherever it is where you're at and enjoy your mini wargaming